What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, my brother. How are you tonight? Pretty good. I know we've basically been talking about that for five minutes, but this is just for the, the fans at home. We're going to pretend that we haven't been talking already, setting things up for the for, for the past like, 15, 20. But this is the I first... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, you literally popped on and I yelled at you as soon as you, you jumped on. Uh, yep. So I'm kind of excited for those of us who follow the panel scanners, which includes myself. Uh, I'm just lucky to be part of it. Uh, we are kind of experimenting with a new format where we're going to just have topics that we're going to ruminate on for full episodes. Don't know what it's going to be like, but this is the first of them. But this is one I have uh, that's been on many of our rundowns. And with the nature of all of our lives going haywire at once, it's sort of been bounced around a, a couple of different months. It didn't fit last month, uh, earlier this summer when we were doing the Indiana Jones special. But it's something that I've been meaning to talk about. Uh, for a long time, and then we got a video from the Roddenberry Archive, and it's called Star Trek Regeneration, and the topic we're going to be talking about, and I'm excited and very interested in what you have to say about this, Mark, is the use of artificial intelligence and computer-generated images for the casting of deceased performers, um, and now this does not mean those de-aging in which as we saw in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny just this previous summer, that that was Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones throughout the entire movie. At least that's what we're led to believe. And even all of those scenes where he is de-aged, that is Harrison Ford. Um, that's not what we're talking about here, but we have seen examples of this out of the Star Wars universe once yep. once before. And that would be Peter Cushing as Grand Admiral Moff Tarkin. We're going to get to that as well. Um, but for those of you who have not seen it, the video is called Star Trek Regeneration. It comes from the Roddenberry Archive and Otoy, and it is a completely artificially intelligent generated video um, that features, well, let's just say it's the return of Leonard Nimoy as Spock. Um, so what I think you should do, which Mark actually did moments ago, is pause this video, pause our podcast for the moment and go and check out Star Trek Regeneration. The best place to find it is on the Roddenberry Archive. It's on YouTube, but there's a bunch of... But as you might expect with a lot of Star Trek fans, when you find the video, a lot of it is people commenting on it. You Actually, it's hard to find just the video. So go ahead and hit your pause button on our podcast. Make sure you come back. Go watch the two-minute and four-second video for Star Trek Regeneration, and then pop back on with Mark and I, and we're going to discuss it. And if you're still here and you haven't gone found it yet, why? Go. Go. All right. Yes, do that. Okay. So we're back. I uh, hope you got to watch that. The video, I feel, is absolutely remarkable. Um, and I'm going to point out a few things. And as I'm uh, fond of saying with a lot of my uh, retro reviews, but first, some context. So the video you saw, Mark, and honestly, unless you're really really deep into star trek you might not know so this is the planet they're on is viridian 3 and that is from star trek generations widely yeah, considered the ncc 1701d yes it's exactly right did you restate that because i didn't want to talk over you i said that's where they crashed the ncc 1701d in that movie yeah the star trek the next generation era enterprise meets its end on viridian 3 at least the saucer section does um it crashes on Viridian 3. One of the highlights of that movie, which is 
you know, I watched it not too long ago. It's not good, but there's a few moments in that movie. Um, and there's something else that happens on Viridian 3, and that is Captain Kirk, James Kirk, dies. A most unceremonious death. Okay? So the video we see is the next generation era Spock, as portrayed by Leonard Nimoy. He goes and he visits the site where he collects, somehow it's still there, um, Captain Kurt's Delta Insignia. Okay? And then he looks up towards, not necessarily towards the camera, and then we are in a different era of Spock. We are in the motion picture era. Star Trek the motion picture. Um, at least that's what I thought it was. It sure looks like it. And he's a much younger Spock. Um, so there are two things. There's lots going on here. One of them's in daylight. One's in, one of them's artificial light, right? One of them's an older Leonard Nimoy. The other one is a younger Leonard Nimoy. And for, just to point one thing out, it looks nearly flawless. Um, it's, it's almost eerie how good it looks. He does not speak. He doesn't turn his head. Um, but there is a moment, and I don't know if you caught this, which I felt was very impressive. At 1 minute and 40 seconds, he comes out of a memory. It's a very subtle expression, especially for a Vulcan who, you know, experiences very little emotion. But the, but it's the emotions there, and you, you saw where the, the Enterprise 1701A was burning, it was crashing, right? And that's the memory, and he, he comes out of that memory, and that's the end of the video. Okay, so, not much has been said about what the purpose of this video is, and we have not seen him speak, and we didn't see him do much else, but the thing that should be pointed out, that there was no actor behind this. Now... You might know more than I, Mark. When Peter Cushing was resurrected, for lack of a better term, um, in one of the Star Wars movies, Rogue One, there was an actor there, right? Yes. It was the same. It was the same actor who played him at the end of uh, was that Revenge of the Sith, where they had him watching the construction of the Death Star with the newly formed Vader at the end. Okay, it's the same guy that played there. They just mapped Peter Cushing over him. All right. That's a great way to enter into this conversation. I'm glad you said that because I was unaware of that. I look this up. Peter Cushing does not have a credit in Rogue One. Interesting. Um, okay, so I I am I was kind of blown away by this video. And this is before I saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm not going to say anything plot-wise about Dial of Destiny. I know I made a big deal about Dial of Destiny because it was... And I want to approach this with you at some point, Mark. Is it the last movie I will ever truly look forward to as I used to look forward to movies, which is I sort of followed the development. I was anticipating a trailer. I even looked at some of the merchandise. I don't know if I'll ever do that again. That was the last one. Um, I'll say that for, for, the, for just to get this out of the way, for Dial of Destiny, I didn't find anything particularly wrong with it. I didn't find anything particularly right with it either. I've said all along, all I needed is for the for this to be the fourth best Indiana Jones movie. 
I, but I'm also not someone who thought Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was unsalvageable. I, I'm, I'm going to give Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, since we did spend virtually two whole episodes on Indiana Jones, I'm going to give it the title, literally the most okay movie in human history. <laughs> and every time you see it, it's, is the movie okay? It's the mo- the number, the next to the most o- okay movie will be Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. There's nothing going to go, oh, that was awesome, but there's nothing going to go, oh, that was stupid. All right, moving on. In Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. You're saying it's like a 5 out of 10. It's right up the middle. Like right down the middle. It it felt like a TV movie. And if I if that was a TV movie, I'd be I'd probably be like, that was great. <laughs> but it literally, I said that, like, did I just watch like a late 90s made-for-television movie with an aged Harrison Ford? Um, like if it was an episode of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, that would have been great. Um, anyway, but he, it, it, it ties in simply because Harrison Ford's de-aged in this. I said, I don't actually, you know, I, I think maybe it had been in conversations because I hadn't actually been on the podcast in quite some time that I felt we were about to see the state of the art in terms of de-aging technology and from what we saw in the trailers it certainly appeared to be true i will say i don't think it's true when he was speaking and turning his head i felt it was very noticeable that we were looking at something that was computer generated but um there's a bunch of other things i want to say about this mark you saw the video you followed these things you have a a technical know-how that has always impressed me what say you, good sir? Uh, first, let me address the Indiana Jones thing and ask a pertinent question. How much of it was because it's actually flawed, and how much of it is because you knew it was CG and were looking for those flaws? Okay, so Just a here's... a philosophical question. That's a great question, and I'm going to dial back, and I'm glad to dial back. See what I did there? I'm going to uh, dial it back a minute uh, to what I said uh, about Indiana Jones. I actually did not intend that. Um, being the most okay movie in history... That whole sequence was fine. If it had been like opening Raiders of the Lost Ark, I don't care. I wouldn't have even thought of it. Um, But it wasn't epically bad, so I wasn't consciously looking for it. But I think there's a couple of scenes where it is noticeable. Whether or not you're looking for it, it's noticeable. All right, just thought I'd raise the question and ask what you felt about that. It's a great question. So, about the Star Trek video. Regeneration. Um, I just watched it. My first impression. Uh, I thought the old Leonard Nimoy looked amazing. I thought their attempts to imitate the pancake makeup with the younger version of Spock failed. Really? I found the lighting a little off and weird. It didn't work for me. I felt there was too much smooth surface for the lighting to work with the AI rendered CG. With the older face, there's more crags, more crannies. There was more light playing off of it. There were shadows. I felt that detail gave it a little more realism. And I get that that's what the makeup looked like back then when they were doing like the you know original era and everything. But I just don't think the computer re- recreated it with quite enough punch for me. Um, I also think that this is a very slippery slope we're approaching. Yes, isn't it? Um, I, I, and it's weird, but the other thing that bothered me was the micro movements of his head. 
that he doesn't turn his head like you said, but he keeps shifting it a little bit, left, right, up, down, left, right, up, down. It, it was kind of weird. Real people don't do that. But keep in mind, as a Vulcan, he's very rigid. I know, but real people don't move their head like that in tiny little micro-movements. It was very odd. I have to disagree on younger Spock. And I'm glad you brought up that they obviously tried to replicate the makeup style from the motion picture. But I went back and I looked at stuff from the motion pictures, and there was all kinds of side-by-sides. And if that was their reference, they nailed that. Um, And I think that with going with Star Trek, I'm sure they felt some sort of obligation to do that. I, I thought his expression at 1 minute and 40 seconds in was what got me into thinking like, okay... We just took another step, and I'm. I was like, I. I thought Lucas Arts was or Lucas Film was going to show us the state of the art. I don't think they did. I think this Otoy and the Roddenberry Archive are going to. Now, in terms of that slippery slope, would you mind expanding that conversation for me? Oh, that's that's a whole moral can of worms we're about to open. Here. Yes, it is, and I, I'm 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 very interested in this topic. Yeah, well, my my thoughts on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna sum my thoughts up in a nutshell because I've thought about this for a long time, and I think for me, I think there's a line depending on how you use it. If we had a movie like, say, The Flash, where you've got a multiverse thing going on, and you've got the Flashpoint thing, and you want to show a fractured reality and show a bunch of Supermen, and one of those Supermen is Christopher Reeve in the background, I'm totally cool with that. That's a cameo. That's an homage. I think once you start making these characters act and speak, you have crossed a line that I do not like. Yes, I agree. Especially dialogue, because that person cannot approve that dialogue. They can't approve, yes, this is a role I would have played. And, you know, no matter how much you say their estate signed off on it, well, your descendants aren't you. That's correct. Um, What we know, and I don't know this of Nimoy, but we know that Shatner himself has signed off for his use going forward. He said that's he's all for it. And that's um, fine. If, if he has signed off and says, if I die, keep using me, no problems. Yeah, and we know that uh, James Earl Jones has now signed off on his the use of his voice as Darth Vader. So his voice can be the only voice of Darth Vader. All right, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and I, I, I remember watching Rogue One. And I remember the scene where they're on the Death Star, or excuse me, not the Death Star, um, a Star Destroyer, and the, uh, I forget the bad guy's name, the, the, whoever the guy was, the architect of the uh, Death Star. Critic. Yeah, yeah. He walks up, and the shot is from behind. And you see Tarkin's reflection in the mirror, and I remember thinking, that is gorgeous. What an absolutely brilliant idea. And then it cuts... To the CGI of him. And I'm sorry. Everyone points out. But you can see the light through his ears. I did not think it looked good. Even back in 2015. I thought. It totally took me out. This is an organic reaction. Because keep in mind. I thought the shot they had. Was so perfect and so elegant. And so beautifully done. Where you're getting him. You're getting him. You're getting Moff Tarkin. You know, and it's actually a power play that he's not looking at 
Krennic, right? It's such a power move. And then to totally take you out of the moment for no other reason. What I felt was like, hey, look at us showing off. This is us. This is how good we are. I didn't like it. I thought it was not necessary. Um, and then we got another one just a few minutes later from Carrie Fisher. It's Princess Leia, right? Uh, so I'm with you. And by the way, I did look this up, at least in IMDb. Peter Cushing doesn't get a credit for acting. Yeah. Um, I am, I did, maybe you know, I don't. I presume Cushing's estate signed off on this. Uh, I do actually, I do not actually know off the top of my head. I would, however, disagree with you as somebody who dabbles in CG and animation. I thought Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher looked pretty good in that movie, especially for the time period. Real, I, I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong, but that was my organic. I mean, I'm reaction. not saying you're wrong. You feel how you feel. You can't yeah. be wrong. I, <laughs> but I thought it looked pretty good. I'm not going to say it looked perfect, and I do agree with your assessment that it looked better in the reflection. And I absolutely agree that not ever turning around and looking at Krennic would have been a hell of a, yeah, screw you, you're not worth my time. Yeah, so so important for that character, and exactly what I felt that character would have done, but. Okay, so even when we look at, I mean, there are roles we know that just we feel like can never be recast, right? James Bond. You can never recast James Bond. It's only going to ever be George Lazenby. It's never not going to be James. No. I mean, that's obviously the exception, Doctor. Who's the exception at this point? Batman's the exception. We've gone through as many Batman in the last few years as we did the first 25 years of James Bond. Um, but we, we have definitively found out you can't recast on Solo, so... Well, yes, I think that... Well, I mean, I don't know. I, that, I, mean, I thought the movie was all right, and I thought the kid did okay. I think just, it was you know, fine. I, I just I, found it hilarious that they thought I was going to believe that he was going to grow another six inches. Right, you know, that's that's a problem. <laughs> I, I always thought, like, do they have the stones to go ahead and cast him as Indiana Jones, too? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, you know, I just think that... Um, there are some iconic characters like that, like Han Solo is always going to be Harrison Ford, just like of Indiana course. Jones will always be Harrison Ford. Absolutely. And I think that, to a large degree, when you look at the original Star Trek series, Shatner is the only one who can be Captain Kirk. Spock is the only one who can be Spock. But even since then, some of the hardcore people have gone and gone, you know what, though? Zachary Quinto did a great job. And for those of us watching Strange New Worlds, um, Ethan Peck is as at least as good as Zachary Quinto is as Spock. And then we're looking at, um, we had Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. Love him as Captain Kirk. And now we have Paul Wesley as Captain Kirk in Strange New Worlds. And you're going, yep, he's just as good. He's as good as Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. So now we've got examples of those roles, which I would have at one point said, you can't recast these roles. I mean, keep in mind, the guys played these roles until nearly they were 70, and Nimoy played it until he was in his 80s. Um, into his mid-70s when he did it for Star Trek 2009. Um, and I think, to me, the overall question, you raise a moral question, but is it even necessary? Yeah, I mean, and any role can be recast if you search long enough to find the right person that projects that same image that same feel it, it can happen anywhere but it just doesn't feel yeah, necessary. i agree is it necessary find something new to do 
Exactly. Stop milking the same cow. Yeah, and then that's one of the reasons I've been so vocally supportive of Star Trek Strange New Worlds is they found that magic potion. Like, you have been begging us for original series era Star Trek. Here you go. Take it or leave it. And the fan base went, and including myself, went, wow, you nailed that. It is completely new, but it's in that era you want it to be in. And I think, you know, I kind of feel like now that I'm watching Star Wars Rebels... The blueprint for that might have been there. Um, oh, yeah. Because they... It's like, you're going to have those characters you love, but we're going to make you fall in love with these other characters. These characters you never met. Star Trek had the luxury of taking characters that they already had and just giving them more of a profile. But I don't think this is necessary because, I, I mean, I do feel like Leonard Nimoy Spock was among those roles that just you cannot recast this. There's no one else that can do this until someone did and did it well and people went okay there's room for this mark you know and you and i both know in our lifetime we're going to see raiders of the lost ark remade we're going to see someone else as indiana jones it's going to happen there's nothing we can do to stop it that'll be a sad day because it's one of the most perfect action films ever made it's it's you're right it's not the most perfect perfect action film ever made it's just it's almost flawless I, I will never forget one of my most favorite movie-watching experiences, and I mentioned this on the Indiana Jones podcast, where a couple of students of mine hadn't seen it, and I sat them down to watch it. And I was a little nervous, like, what are they going to get out of this? Because every, they've seen so many things in their lifetime copy that. And they sat there, and they watched it just like hands on their face, and at the end they were like, how have I lived my life without seeing this movie? I'm like, I told you greatest movie of all time um and but it's gonna happen right i mean at the very least we're going to see a, a different live action here indiana jones we kind of already have oh so that went better than when i showed my wife and my sister tron oh that probably was rough because i showed that to maria and they're like why it's, do you love this movie it's poorly paced when you look at it through today's lens the costumes are ridiculous outside of the cg the hand-painted light effects are laughable I spent a lot of time apologizing after that. I still love it. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I don't love it, but I can see why somebody new to it who had never seen it before. I watched it and tried to look at it. You know me, Captain Detachment. Mm-hmm. I tried watching it through their eyes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie isn't great without the nostalgia factor. No, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you weren't watching that, like, would you see that in 1982, right? I mean, yeah. I was six or seven. I mean, even if you were in your 20s. Was five. Nothing. <laughs> nothing in the history of film looked like that movie. Now, everything looks like that movie. You know how long I spent back in the backyard with friends with red and blue frisbees oh, being flung at each other? God. <laughs> I still remember seeing that movie and running home and digging out my frisbees, man. Like I'm like, okay. I've already got the toy. <laughs> it's And it was one of those things like, no, nothing they put out is going to be better than what I've already got. That's one of the few times you could ever say that. I mean, well, and we've touched on another one there with Tron Legacy. Oh, no, you're the right. AJ Gudge, uh, yeah, Jeff that's Bridges right. With uh, Clue and his flashback scenes, and that that's one right. was yeah, that one was creepy. Yeah, but I mean, now if I remember though, that was intended to be a computer-generated image for right. us and for the movie's plot within the but story. They did have the one outside of the grid in the beginning in the flashback with his son. Yeah, little. 
And right. that was not supposed to be like that and still look creepy. Yeah, so, it, did. it did. It was <laughs> But I was able to write off clue just because of the the grid setting. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but that, that's one of those things though, like you know, when I want the one that to me looking at the de aging is still the, the the gold standard is Kurt Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy. Which I understand is mostly makeup effects. Yeah, I mean, so I guess it wasn't... Because I remember the Robert Downey Jr. one, and I thought it looked terrible. I mean, even mm-hmm. for, like, a first attempt, I'm like... It, it worked for a second, and then he started, like, Robert Downey Jr. being a very animated talker and mover and... You know, see, that's that's the big problem we run into with the CG faces is the lip motions. Right. It's syncing the lips with the uh, the motions from the actual words. It never looks right. And Dial of Destiny has that issue. So yeah, I mean, uh, have you ever watched Love, Death, and Robots? No, I haven't. Uh, Netflix, uh, a lot of CG animated shorts, and some of them are hyper real. And some of them, you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe this isn't real people, until they talk. Yeah. And so, it, it uh, always loses you at the lip motions. Yeah, and obviously, that I'm sure they're going to figure that out. That's It's going to come down within the next couple of years where it's going to be flawless. Well, it's funny, because they've already solved that problem with uh, the video game. Uh, what was that one? L.A. Noir. Yeah, I'm telling the you. The graphics weren't as spectacular as some of the CG but they fully mapped the lip motions of all the actors while they were delivering their lines. And the syncing was really good. I, I mean, it could be improved with today's, you know, processing power, but uh, it was good. Oddly enough, I've just started replaying that on my Steam Deck in the spring. Oh, wow. And I have to tell you, I love it. I, and I, I was actually showed uh, a guy I work with. I'm like, take a look at this. This is from 2010. And I was showing them like all the lip. Mo- I was specifically pointing out when they were interrogating back and forth, and I was like, and "He was like, oh my god!" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know what happened. Like, I haven't seen anything like this in ten years." And I was just watching. I was just playing Hogwarts Legacy, and nowhere close to that. Um, not yeah, that it needed to be. The only thing I could level against La Noir is because the actors had to sit completely still with their head locked in position. There's some weird stiffness sometimes when the body moves and the head doesn't. Yeah, but the lip motions are faultless. And the whole point of that was because you were supposed to be able to gauge whether or not a person was lying, which I'll tell you, I failed at more times than I can count. Um, <laughs> this is why I'm not a cop. Right. Um, <laughs> she seems like a nice young lady. I'm sure she's fine. Um, <laughs> she killed three people. Good lord! <laughs> well, I guess I screwed up again. <laughs> And I, and I just got promoted, too. Well, okay, guys. This is why L.A. is in the shape it is. Um, anyway, um, I, the, getting back to the whole thing, whether or not it's necessary, I mean, people are going to lose jobs because of this, right? There's some poor kid out there right now who's probably, look, he's like in the mirror going, I look just like Harrison Ford. Like, don't worry. Harrison Ford just signed off. He's going to be Indiana Jones for eternity. Um but it's it is creepy though and i don't like it and i'm not sure what to make of this star trek regeneration go back to that minute and 40 that that spot in a minute and 40 where that subtle expression i don't know if they're telling us uh we're going to bring back leonard nimoy 
I don't know if they're telling us because they just came out with the announcement that Starfleet Academy finally is going to be a series. They haven't. They're very being very cagey. Star Trek fans will get that reference. Um, about what that show is, it's very oddly timed. With they made that announcement, Picard season three ends. That video comes out, so they're telling us something's on its way. I'm a little concerned. Um, I'm not behind this whole motion, no. I will say that I like the video. If you, if they come out and say, like, listen, this is a, a one of the ways we were undoing Kirk's death. Because it needs to be undone in canon. It's been undone apparently several times in comics and novels. Which, by the way, written by William Shatner. Just saying. Um, <laughs> I did not know I, this. Apparently, I, I appreciate that video as a tech demo. Sure. But and I don't I, like the implications of it. I don't either. Um, I'm not certain that... I mean, at first, like uh, as a Star Trek fan... And having just watched Picard season three, which I haven't even gotten a chance to talk about on the podcast, certainly going to factor into my end of the year awards. It is for those who have seen it. I know, like I have a couple of friends I talked to, listen to the podcast. They're like, they both gave up on Picard. I'm like, so did I. And then season three happened. I don't know what happened between season two and season three. Who did what to get just to light a fire under everyone, but it worked. But it's it's supposed to be, from what I understand, closure for the next generation era of the Enterprise because they explain Viridian 3 was a pre-warp civilization. They cannot leave the saucer section there. They have to get that thing off of the planet. Um, So that made sense. And so that was why they went to the trouble of showing um, the, you know, them removing the saucer section. And then also you had to get Kirk out of there as well. He could not stay there. Um, You couldn't have the insignia there. That could not be left behind. So everything they did for that video was within the Prime Directive. Star Trek's golden rule, right? It needed to happen. And the fact, and then if you're going to do that, who else should be the one to go and supervise at least the retrieval of Kirk's body? Shouldn't be anyone else, right? I would agree with that. Um, or Bones. But I think by this point, Bones... I think I, I remember them saying that Bones appears in the very first episode of Next Generation. I think they reference his passing later in the series, or at least in one of the movies. It's very it's it's not something that's a, it's not a it's not something that's a plot element. It's to let the everyone know. Okay, we're seeing this. The reason he's not here is because he has passed away. Um, so Spock's the only one left. Right, he goes to retrieve the body. There's other implications there, which I don't want to get into. 
But that's where we are with it. Now, if it's just that, and if it's like, listen, the only way this is going to work is if we showed Nimoy. Because then if we showed, I get what people saying. If it was Zachary Quinto or if it was Ethan Peck, I think the audience gets a bit confused at that point. Don't you? I don't know. I think we need to give the audience more credit for not getting confused on like the studios. <laughs> but the reason I say Zachary Quinto, that apparently is a different timeline, right? Yes, that's Splinter Time. So. so that would be confusing. Ethan Peck. That would be confusing just because it doesn't belong in that right. era. Captain reality. Kirk would not have met his end. Most likely, I mean, if it would not have met his end of Viridian 3 then. Right, um, I mean, the, the Kelvin timeline is a splinter branch of reality. Right. So um, it, would have, it would have to be Leonard Nimoy. It has to be Leonard Nimoy. And I think if you use Ethan Peck, then everyone's screaming, oh, we're, we're, this is going to happen in Strange New Worlds, right? At some point, right. everyone's going to be expecting over the next three or four seasons, we're going to get Shatner, we're going to get something with Kirk, we're going to get Viridian 3, we're going to get the next-gen crew. So if they're doing that, I do think... At that point, your sort of hands are sort of tied to Nimoy. Well, then just don't tell that story on screen. Well, yes, I think you're right. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I love mention it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things you you could have mentioned it. I shouldn't probably say anything else because you have to see Picard season three yet. Is there anything further you'd want to say about? Um, Spock here about uh, this this video or about you know using de-aged actors specifically. I think the de-aged actors is okay. That's different. They're alive to sign off on this, right? And I do agree. Or if with not you. playing it themselves, right? And I do agree with you that there is a ton of moral implications. I I've had issues with this entire concept since the commercial aired where Fred Astaire danced with the vacuum. I forgot about that. Yeah, and that was the first of the what the, why. I don't know. I mean, to sell vacuums, I suppose, but... <laughs> yeah, it's just, but it seems so, it's just, in my gut, it feels wrong. I, I get it. You're right. I have to admit, momentarily, when Spock reveals his face, he pulls the hood back, and he looks up, I was like, I kind of felt that old warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum feeling. Oh, wow, it's old school Star Trek. And then I kind of realized what's going on because then they go to the, the flash, the even further flashback to younger Spock, and I'm like, something not right here. Something's, I, I don't know how I feel about it. It made me start to question things. I don't know. I, I do not want to see more like a Star Trek Season four, which would be the original series, season four, done with this. Yeah, no, that's no, just no. All right. Well, hey, Mark, anything else you want to say on this topic? Nope, I've said my piece. I think I'm good. I, I think everybody at this point knows where I stand. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I, I would. I think we're probably in lockstep with this. Um, but thank you for joining me for this discussion. If you haven't seen the video, go see it. But you know what you might want to do? 
go watch Star Trek Picard Season 3. Or excuse me, Picard Season 3. Go watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds. If you're, if you're looking for your Star Trek fix, this is a nice little thing to go, huh, how about that? But then go see some really cool stuff. All right. Mark, thank you so much for uh, doing this. And, uh, well, I guess we don't really have a sign-off. Mark, sign us off. Uh, well, you know what we say. See you next time. And until then, enjoy your comics.